how many times have you seen dances with wolves? A hundred, two hundred? Oh, jeez. You have seen it that many times, haven't you? Holly, we're like twins. People never seen an Indian do stand-up comedy before, you know? Like, for so long, you probably thought that Indians never had a sense of humor, you know? We never thought you were too funny, either. I'm Kara Morrison, and this is Sex in the City. It's not, though. But it is. But that was a great moment. If you don't yes. know what we're talking about, well, we just totally spoiled it without warning. <laughs> uh, if you have not seen, if you are a, a just like that slash maybe Sex in the City fan, that's the last few seconds of the season finale of And Just Like That. And Which... Just like- was not good. There was good stuff. Sorry, if, if you're not into this, just skip a few minutes because we're not going to talk about this the whole time. But if you are. So yeah, I love Sex and the City. I was so excited. I will watch anything with any combination of those characters. I just have to. I don't, I don't know. Yes, the show, the original series has like its problematic moments, but it's definitely like a time capsule of that era. It's but. also a time capsule of that state in life. Yes. Like yeah. 30s, being single in your 30s, you know, in the city. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, but um, yeah. But the, the thing that gets me about like the, and just like that criticism is like so much of it is like, if you read between the lines, it's like, okay, I, I yes, the writing has some issues and some of the acting has some issues and some of it in general has some issues, but some of this criticism definitely reads as very homophobic, definitely reads as racist because I will give them credit for trying to be more inclusive and expansive in their perspective and the different characters that they included. Um, I just don't think they hit the ball out of the park on the writing um and apparently it was a a fairly diverse writing room it probably could have been more diverse but yeah but I would say the last few minutes of it made it all worth it and I hope it comes back for a second season I hope they take the you know quality critiques to heart and hit the writing room hard and come back with a series that we deserve now I know everyone's sad to not have Samantha, and I am too, but I'm not sad to miss Kim Cattrall, and here's the tea on that. (laughs) Not that it's major tea, but I used to follow Kim Cattrall on Instagram, and, you know, if you know what we're talking about, then you know that Kim Cattrall played Samantha on the original Sex and City, and there was, like, this whole big drama where she backed out a third film. I don't blame her. The films were moved. The terrible. Again, good moments, but, yeah. Anyway, so... Some of you may remember this past summer, there was the huge you know, news breaking every day about the recovery of, and sorry, I'm taking this on a sad note, but I feel like this little tidbit needs to be said. This past summer was when there were so many Native children that were, I don't even know the, the right word to use but they were recovered from where they had been 
their bodies have been buried at residential schools. And while this happened both in the United States and Canada, Canada is a little further ahead in, you know, facing these facts. I'm not giving them any credit for that because I think they still are, it's still a shitty thing. But all this was happening in Canada. And so a lot of people were saying, hey, in light of this, I'm not feeling very patriotic. We really need to reckon with this. Let's not be celebrating Canada Day, you know, which I don't celebrate. I'm not Canadian anyway. So whatever. Miss Kimberly Cattrall, I guess she got the memo, but she ignored it. I remember on her Instagram on Canada Day, she posted a picture of herself, the smug little smile and her little Canada jacket that's a Canada across it, holding her little Canadian flag. And people were commenting like, Kim, not cool. We need to reckon with all of the indigenous children and all this stuff. And bitch turned off comments. And I think she deleted the picture for a while and then she like re-uploaded it. But it was like such a slap in the face. Like, because that's like, so many people were commenting on her picture and saying, Kim Cattrall, look, not cool. Can we just like not do this right now? There's a lot of pain going on. We shouldn't be rah-rah Canada right now. Uh, you know, and she was like, actually, no, I'm going to do whatever I want. I'm Kimberly Cattrall. And just like that, I said, fuck Kim Cattrall. <laughs> yeah, I I hadn't heard about that until you told me. Um, I've been off Instagram for a minute, although I guess I would have still been on. I don't know. I haven't followed her. I haven't followed Kim Cattrall in a long time. Um, but yes, I was definitely disappointed to hear when, when you told me all of that before. Yeah. Uh, Not that the rest of them are heroes or anything. I don't know. I mean, I know like Cynthia Nixon no. is, is fairly like politically engaged at least or whatever, but it's just a, like, the fact that she turned off comments when people were bringing this up. Like it'd be one thing if like, I would even have more slightly more respect for her if she just didn't engage in the conversation. But, but the fact that she like tried to shut it down and say, and like saying, no, I'm doing this anyway, because your criticisms aren't valid when they are very much so valid. I don't know. Just that was uncool. So team Sarah, Jessica, no. All right. <laughs> this must suck to anyone who's like not in the world of like sex in the city or whatever, but oh, come on. I, <laughs> If I'm listening to a podcast and they break for a minute and talk about basketball, I'm not like, oh, I hate my life. I don't, you know what I mean? Sorry. Well, that's where we differ, but I, I don't know. You just stop projecting what you think I, on, onto the I, listener. I'm sorry. And hopefully if it's not your thing, you've already skipped. But anyway, happy Super Bowl Sunday. No. <laughs> yeah uh this will come out after the super bowl obviously but as it recorded is apparently super bowl sunday i don't keep up with sports but segue halftime shows that's not what we're going to be talking about today but it, but it's relevant because what we are going to be talking about today is i'm gonna say it together uh I never, I always know generally what we're talking about, but how we're supposed to word it, I don't know. So let's just see if we say the same thing. Okay. One, two, three, pop, pop divas. divas. Okay. I was right. 
I was going to say, speaking of the Super Bowl and pop divas, I mean, sure, plenty of pop divas graced the halftime show of the Super Bowl. Really, that's the only part of the Super Bowl I'm ever really interested in watching, but usually not even that. Just depends on who's performing. But we should probably start with like one of the most infamous, uh, not only one of the most infamous pop divas of all time, but definitely one of the most infamous uh, halftime shows of all time, which is Miss Janet Jackson. Now, of course, we all know, what year was that, 2004? Uh, Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) We're going to guess. I don't know. Who was playing that year? Not one of us remembers. But as we all, I'm sure, remember, Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson were doing the halftime show. Unfortunately, there was the infamous, as the term was coined, wardrobe malfunction, wherein Justin Timberlake, Timberlake? (laughs) (laughs) Who cares? We don't like him. (laughs) Um, Judas Timberlake uh, exposed Janet's breast uh, for the world to see. And of course it was this huge, it actually, the reaction seems so weird to me. People were outraged and as conservative as so much of the culture is right now, I mean, like the American society, there's so much like heated conservatism. I am still kind of shocked at the reaction to that because to me, I mean, I think some people thought it was a publicity stunt. Some people, I don't know, but people were angry. And like, I remember like the FCC came out hard and like both Janet and Justin were like forced to make statements and apologize. And like, I know Janet ended up getting a lot of the heat for it, which was like completely fucked up and undeserved. And like her career took a major hit, whereas we all were subjected to Justin Timberlake. And listening to him for years, and I said it, I missaid it at time on purpose because I just don't like him. I never have, uh, maybe for a minute, uh, but after that, no. But yeah, his stuff with Janet, his stuff with Brittany, and he since apologized. I don't know that I buy it, whatever. But anyway, Janet, my first memory, and now I'm gonna like switch gears and not talk about that unfortunate thing that happened. But my first like clear cut memory of Janet was care. Remember this? We had the very first, and this dates us, but we had the very first. Now that's what I call music CD. And the very first track was Miss Janet. And what song was it? Wait, um, um, it was um, everywhere I go, every smile I see, I know you are there. Smiling back at me, at me. What is the name of that song? I was just trying to remember. It's not together. Again. Oh wait, wait. Was it that song or was it that song? All for you. No, 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 no. It was no. You were right. The first one. Oh, I. Is no, it no. together again? I yes. need to Google it. Is that what it's called? It. I think so. Yeah, because I recognized the video. But yeah, I love. I'm not like a major Janet fan. There's many songs, but you know, she was, um, she was, you know, she hit the biggest in the eighties, which is a little bit before my time, even though I do love a lot of like eighties music and superstars from that era, but, uh, and she had a lot of great songs in the nineties. Oh my God. Remember if, if I was your girl, all the things I do to you. 
You want to tell the story? <laughs> what? That the only what from college? What's the only if story we got? It's, it has to be. Well, a group of us in college, group of us friends, um, we were doing it. Help me. I don't know the story. We were, I know the story. We were but I doing. Don't. Okay. First of all, a group of friends. We were the sisters club. That's what we called ourselves. It was a cheesy name. I forget what the word. I think someone called us that or something. And I forget how it came to be. But there was a variety show. And we're like, okay, we got to perform in it. And I don't remember whose idea it was, but there was like five of us. And we ended up, our friend Trisha, shout out to Trisha. Um, she was a big Janet fan and she choreographed um, this number to uh, If by Janet Jackson. It was very sexy, I have to say. I remember there was just one part where we were going to turn around and like smack our butts, but we didn't know, like, it was a very like small, intimate um, performance. Like it took place in a classroom basically. So like the audience was really small and like, you could see them, you know, like they were right there and we didn't know one of our professors was going to come and he came and we were like, okay, cut the butt slap. Like (laughs) (laughs) Like seconds before we went on. I do remember, yeah, like standing out in the hallway and like trying to <laughs> change that butt slap. Yeah, we didn't know he was going to come to the show. And also just that's so not his vibe. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was it would have been so awkward to smack my ass right in his face. I just couldn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but Janet. Yeah. You know, I I. I vaguely remember the wardrobe malfunction. I remember the next day at school, everybody was talking about it. We were in middle school at the time. I never figured out like what the deal with that was. Do we know? Or am I just... From my memory, which is a little hazy because I was a kid and didn't have a full understanding. But from my memory, there was supposed to be like an outfit reveal where Justin was supposed to pull on a piece of her outfit and it was supposed to like expose like a skimpier outfit underneath or something or at least a different under uh, outfit underneath but he pulled the wrong thing or something changed and he didn't get the memo or whatever it was but whatever happened he pulled the thing and it pulled like the she had this like a uh, um bra like bustier outfit on it's a bustier we gotta talk about selena um he pulled the thing and like the whole cup came off and her whole boob was out and I actually didn't see it live because I I distinctly remember we were at a Super Bowl party and my friend we were in her room and she was flipping channels at the time and I remember she flipped it to that Mary-Kate and Ashley soccer movie and so when everyone was talking about the next day at school and they were all scandalized I thought they were talking about like the sexy choreography I was like yeah that was intense wasn't it I didn't know like a whole boob was out to the world um But I remember, I just remember like the accusation being, oh, that was on purpose. It was a publicity set. Like who would do that at that venue? Like Janet would not do that. You know what I mean? Like you'd have to be a crazy person to expose your breast at the Super Bowl. I'm not saying like, no shame in like exposing your breasts, like in, in various different settings, but not at the Super Bowl. Like she, she didn't do that on purpose. That was no, just, let, let me, ju- I'm just going to say this. If it were like Jessica Simpson up there, who, if you remember like her standing, she's like the sweet, innocent, is this chicken or is this fish that I'm eating? Like girl, 
at the time. If that had been Jessica Simpson, do you think that would have been the same reaction? Hell no, because what Janet was, was a black woman who owned her sexuality. And America still has not come to peace with the fact that that's a thing and is something to be celebrated. So no, if it had been Jessica Simpson, I'd probably be like, oh, poor Jessica, she's been exposed. But yeah, I know the whole thing reeked of racism and misogyny and Janet didn't deserve that. And oh, actually, oh, I need to watch it. But there was a Janet documentary that just came out. I think it was like on Lifetime. I haven't seen it, but I, it looked really good. I know I love watching documentaries about my favorite artists of any medium, music, actors, whatever. Do you have a favorite um, or any documentaries that you like about your favorite musicians? Is anything come to mind? Oh, um, I mean, no, not any that come to mind about some of my favorites. I, of course, even now love, even though they feel irrelevant because time has moved on so much more, but I love to watch the old like E! True Hollywood Story episodes and the A&E biographies of, of celebrities. I like watching those old videos like some of them you can find on youtube um just a good documentary about music in general that i recommend and it's not about any of my favorites it's kind of like not the point of the documentary but it's called um i think it's called 20 feet from stardom did you ever watch that yes that is really good yeah oh let me rewind yes there is a great documentary even though i only saw it once in theaters the whitney documentary I actually had that. Yeah, I wrote that down before we started. Yes, the Whitney documentary. Oh my God. It's what's it's just called Whitney. I think I mean, so. Yeah. Yeah. It came out a few years ago. It's so good, but it's so heartbreaking. But it really does give you a very faceted look into the life and unfortunately death of Whitney Houston. And can we just like praise Whitney a little bit for a few minutes? Because like one of the greatest if not the greatest voices of all time yeah to to me she has the the greatest voice she is the only person that without fail doesn't matter what mood i'm in no matter what's going on when i hear her sing a ballad i get goosebumps instantly when i hear her sing a pop song it takes me to this like place of euphoria like it's insane. Like there is no voice like Whitney Houston's voice. I know. And like the, like, it, cause it wasn't, yes. Like technically speaking, her voice was amazing, but also like the emotion and the feeling and the, like, and some of her songs, even like, I would say like character and like almost like acting or portrayal of, of a feeling or something that she put into her songs and her music Oh my God. Yeah. What's your, do you have a favorite Whitney song? Um, I don't know. There's too many that I really love. Um, I, I, I can't say I have a favorite. There's just, you know, I, I don't have a favorite. Do you have a favorite? Um, if I had to, pick, I mean, yeah, there's so many that I love, but I love, um, I have nothing. Yeah. Just because, like, it's both very, it's both kind of, like, upbeat, but also, like, very, 
like it's very like uplifting it's very positive but it's i don't know it's so powerful and of course like her famous i will always love you um written by dolly parton which i love both versions but like come on now whitney like just knocked it out of the house um but yeah that documentary oh my god it's it's, it's a tough watch especially because like I don't know, especially if you're young, if, if you would if you would know this or if a lot of people remember this, but before Whitney died, especially kind of like in the mid-2000s, she was such a subject of like ridicule and, you know, every like comedy outlet was like making fun of her. And, you know, celebrities are subject to be made fun of. I'm, I'm not, like, criticizing the choice to make fun of a celebrity or to include them in humor because, like, they're, they're characters in this societal thing we all live in. But she had all these struggles, and the documentary really, like, sheds light on a lot of those struggles. And I don't know, it just, it felt like a lot, of, a lot of the treatment of her was also kind of unfair and unkind. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can make fun of somebody or make jokes about somebody without it like really targeting some vulnerable or, you know, trauma, trauma. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I look back to that time and I'm like, oh man, what a shame. I hate that her like towards the end of her life was filled with that. Also, I don't know much about it, but you remember like a few years ago where there was like that Whitney hologram tour? What, what do you think about that? Oh my gosh, I forgot about that. But, you know, I told you I had that crazy dream. Do you remember the dream I told you about? I forgot. I do remember you told me something. What was it? A few weeks ago, I had a dream that it was revealed in the news like hey guess what we actually have a ton of people that have been requests that requested to be like what do you call it the cryo cryogenically frozen right and they were gonna thaw a bunch of them out and try to bring them back to life this is so such a morbid dream but one of the people in my dream that this had happened to was whitney houston and she was the first uh like person they were able to successfully bring back and they brought her back and in this made-up society in my mind in my dream it was as if hey well you got to get right back to real life you're alive again you better it was so bizarre she had to go right back to work she was like doing concerts it was it was sad it was crazy it was such an upsetting dream i'm sorry oh my god it was bizarre I know. I mean, damn, that's, yeah, that's really sad. I mean, like, I hate that, like, a lot of the Whitney story is now tragedy because, you know, obviously she died so tragically. A lot of her life was unfortunately very tragic. Her her, her daughter subsequently died very tragically. Um, and in a, not in a weird way, but like, well, yeah, it's all, it's, it's all weird. Like both their deaths are just unfortunate and oddly similar and I'm not again to all that but was such a talent and she also just like beautiful not that it's about you know beauty necessarily physically but she was very beautiful and I just I hate that we can't just celebrate I mean obviously we can celebrate her 
and we do, but I wish she was still here and we could, you know, just have happy memories and, you know, but we had the music that, that is one cool thing about, you know, about anybody that we lose, who's a musician is like movies can kind of get dated. TV shows can kind of get dated, whatever. Um, of course we still have like our iconic people from, from those mediums as well, but like music really like doesn't fade. It just kind of changes, you know? So I don't know. At least we have that. I don't know if that makes sense, but (laughs) do you remember the like Whitney Mariah kind of uh, rivalry, I guess I would say? You know, I don't remember it that happened at the time. I, you know, what, what was it? Remind me. Mariah's always got something going on with folks. Mariah always has something going on. So I, I, I don't remember it super well, but what I do, it felt like a lot of people were saying, oh, Mariah, here comes this young woman with this powerhouse voice. It's like the new Whitney. And so I think a lot of people were drawing comparisons, either fairly or unfairly. Obviously, both of them have incredible voices and have had some incredible music. And so, yeah, I think there was, this, I remember there was like this bit on some award show where they were both presenting and they came out in the same dress and it was a terrible dress anyway. <laughs> so, but I don't know. They made them do this thing. They had that song from the Prince of Egypt. That was really good. They did duet on. Um, but yeah, but you're right. Mariah always like seems to have some kind of beef with somebody. I don't, are you, do you like Mariah? I don't really know your thoughts on her. I do. I do like her. Um, I just, how do I describe my feelings about Mariah? I get it. Like when she said, I don't know her. I felt that. And we all, we all have somebody we don't know. (laughs) And I try not to be like that, but the way like that she is, you know, how you, how she feels. And it's like, Oh, okay. We got it. You know? And so that was in reference to once she was asked about, was it Jennifer Lopez? Yeah, it was definitely Jayla. And she said, I don't know her. Not just once, many, many times has that happened. Yeah. Did you ever see the episode of when she was on Watch What Happens Live and she explained that whole thing? Uh, remind me. So Andy Cohen asked her about the whole, I don't know her thing and she said look I I really don't know her well maybe I've met her maybe we've said hello but that doesn't mean that I know her so if you ask me about her what am I supposed to say I don't know her I was like you know that makes sense it does it does but obviously there is like some kind of shape well I think they've also like dated J-Lo and Mariah I mean they've dated some of the same people I think like who was it one of those baseball players, I always get them confused. And I think that they were another one that got compared, even though like they're very different, like stylistically and musically. Do you like, I don't know, what are your thoughts on J-Lo? I don't, what do you think? I like J-Lo. We've talked about her a little bit before. I like her. Like, what do I say? Do I like, am I, do I go hard for J-Lo? No, often not. <laughs> But I love 
her style. She's, she's got lo- good style. Yes, yes. Vibe. She fucking killed it in Hustlers. <laughs> I mean, she's stunning. And she's got a bunch of good club hits. Like, Waiting for Tonight. Uh-huh. If you don't lose your mind when you hear that in the club, then I'm not your friend. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's such a good, fun song, you know? And movie star. Like, you know, we talked last week about rom-coms and whatnot. She's starting her fair share of rom-coms. She's in one right now. But it's just, you know, like I said, I don't go hard for J-Lo, but I like the woman. I, I really think she's... Yeah, I think she's talented. I think she's got a lot going for her. I've told you before, I think about like, I don't like that she sells like beauty products and like it's olive oil or whatever. Like, bitch, it's Botox. Like, I'm not, no shame on any plastic surgery or any procedures or anything like that. If you want to do that, fine. But don't sell people's, like, come on now. She's, she's looking, she's out here looking younger than she did 25 years ago. And that yeah. doesn't happen with olive oil. I'm sorry. But then, so with her and that stuff, like, but the minute she pops up with like her Super Bowl performance with Shakira, like I forget about all that. Yeah, you know that I mean? was good. Yeah, I love Shakira. She, I feel like Shakira is like, obviously she's a star and like people know her, but I feel like she's slightly underrated. Like she's so fun. She's got like a really cool, unique voice. Maybe it's, and I feel like this happens a lot. It's where the music doesn't catch on as well. Like, it, and actually, I can kind of tie this into like the Britney and Christina of it all. Now, you know, I'm going to pick Britney every time. Not that there even should be a rivalry. Let me just say that. I don't think there should be a rivalry, but it's existed. It has happened. Mm-hmm. As we recall, Britney versus Christina. Britney spoke to me more and like what she was giving, you know, choreography wise, style wise. But the thing that sold it every time, and I liked her voice. Now is, do I think, and please no one kill me, do I think Christina Aguilera is a more technically gifted singer? Probably. But I'm all, I'm always going to listen to Britney and be excited to listen to Britney more so than Christina. Now, Christina's got some songs I like, but that's the thing is like Britney's songs were always better and more fun and more interesting. And I think that makes a big difference for not, you know, for, especially for pop artists. Like you're literally trying to become the most popular and you can be a talented songwriter or you can have a talented team of songwriters, but if your songs aren't as fun or as good or whatever, you're not going to be hitting the top of the charts. Yeah. I was going to ask you, and maybe this isn't a proper time, <laughs> but do you have any like pop star impressions that you can do? When we brought up Shakira, I thought of it. Oh, um, underneath your clothes. <laughs> that's, that's never good. That's my voice, is it? Right. I don't, I, I think I, you have one that I, that I always really liked, Kara. Are you going to, are you talking about share? Share, yeah. I don't, I haven't done it in so long. I don't know if I can do it. Do it. Um, I gotta get some lyrics in my head. Hold on. To, um, turn back time or something. Oh God. No, anytime the pressure is put on me. I know when you just did it to me, I well, reversed it. I can't think of lyrics now. Uh. I take um, back all those words that have hurt you and you'd stay. If I could reach the stars, I'd give them all to you. I don't know why I did the things I did. I don't know why I said the things I said. 
Rides like a knife, it can cut deep and sad. Words are like weapons, they wound sometimes. <laughs> that wasn't good. Uh, it was decent. <laughs> I've, uh, it was, I've seen you go like full share. Can we talk about share though? Yeah, let's talk about share. Okay. I, okay. <laughs> so share. I have always loved share. She's got some amazing hits. Believe. That's um, what I should have done. Do you believe in life after love? <laughs> um, what's the, what's wait, the... Wait, wait, I want to try. Hold on, I want to okay, try. Okay, okay, okay. I can feel something inside me say. I really don't think you're strong enough, no. No, that was horrible. <laughs> I think it needs to be like up like more and you're like, uh soft palette that's good <laughs> jesus it's it's gotten so much worse over the years it used to be solid what's that one song they lip synced to it on drag race and our detox did it when she had that like big bubble outfit what was that one i love that one was it strong enough no, it was an older one. It was like this. Oh, take me home. Take me oh, home. Take me home. Take me home. <laughs> yeah. I love that one. But, and, and, you know, Cher, like aesthetically, as always, like, oh my God, I love her costumes. I love this look. I love this video, whatever. But can we talk about the half breed of it all? Okay. Yeah. Actually. Kara and I saw Cher in concert. What year was that? 2014? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Ar- around then. Um, and I saw her in concert again um, oh, I in, in 2018, I want to say. Maybe. Tw- yeah, it was 2018. That was when she was doing all the ABBA songs. Yeah. And I was actually going to see her again in 2020, but it got canceled. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have my tickets yet, but I was planning to buy them. But that's when COVID broke out. Right. I remember when you and I saw her again, I think that was about 2014 or so. And it was a great show. Everyone was having a blast. The dancers were amazing. She was doing her thing. Now she wasn't like really dancing, but she had like beautiful costumes and stuff. I sound like Aretha Franklin when she talked about Taylor Swift. Beautiful gowns. (laughs) Beautiful gowns. Beautiful gowns. Um, We have to circle back to that and explain that. We have to come back to that. Yeah. Um, but all of a sudden we hear and we know what it is and the crowd goes fucking wild and Cher comes out in 2014 in a full fucking feathered war bonnet style headdress and the crowd is losing their fucking minds and I have to say it's like mostly white people and Karen and I turn to each other and everything in our bodies just drops like we just slow I it was like we were in slow motion and the rest of the world was not and I remember turning to each other and we were like oh no I thought for sure I remember like wondering before him she's gonna do half breed right like it's 2014 of course she she did it in like a medley where it was like three songs cut together where it was like gypsies tramps and thieves also problematic yeah 
that half breed and one other one of, of the same was it dark Probably lady dark, dark lady i'm, I'm sure yeah. it was dark lady because they're all kind of the same vibe and time period and all problematic <laughs> um <laughs> but it i i really don't want to be wrong here but i want to say that so when i saw her in concert again it was very similar to the concert that we had seen because you were not with me at this other concert she did a lot of the same numbers. I'm pretty sure a lot of the costumes were the same. It was honestly like a copy and paste job where like, hey, let's do a money grab and go out on tour again. And it was several and years later, just, you're saying. Right, right. And I want to say that it happened again. And I turned to like my then boyfriend. I was like, oh, yeah, and this might happen. And then it did. But I, it, maybe it didn't. Maybe my memory is confused. But either way it was regrettable and like it's hard because I don't know but I I often feel like indigenous people have this like unique not completely unique but like somewhat unique problem where there's so little understanding and or like generalized education about how to recognize anti-indigeneity when we see it because it's so ingrained in like pop culture that like I feel like we're almost like not forced but it's like if we want to like anybody we kind of have to like anybody who's a non-native in pop culture um especially if they're from like an older time we kind of have to accept it like same thing with like Lucille Ball like there's definitely some very anti-indigenous episodes I love Lucy but I still love Lucille Ball but like I if that was someone today like I probably would I probably would write them off or whatever like I but I don't know it's like this thing where it's like it's so ingrained that I don't know does that make sense what I'm trying to say yeah if I understand what you're saying <laughs> I guess I don't know like for me personally I can be like forgiving up up to a point but like I don't know if she's still performing that. I, I mean, she's older now. I don't know if she's, what her tour life is like right now. It was really like in the era of COVID and we're kind of getting, like people are touring and stuff now. Again, I don't know what she's doing. I'm not kept up with it, but I hope to God she's not still doing Half Breed. You know, but like the thing about I Half know. Breed is as a song is to me, it's funny. Like, I know that's not the intention of the song, but it's like one of those things where it's like, this is so stupid that it's, that it's funny and like some of the lyrics like ring true to my experience but yeah it's funny that she's singing it yeah and from what I understand and I don't want to get this wrong so everyone please take this with a grain of salt and maybe like look it up for yourself but if I remember correctly it used to be that back in the day you know Cher was like mostly raised by her mother I believe her father, one one parent or the other, claimed some Cherokee heritage, like a lot of folks did and still do. And so I think she kind of took that and ran with it. But yeah, the song Half-Breed, honestly, when I used to listen to that song as a kid, you know, and I, I knew the song. I didn't know until later the imagery that was paired with it, you know, when she performed on TV with the headdress on and everything. Um, but the lyrics to me rang true. I have one parent that is native and one parent that is white. And listening to the lyrics of it as a kid, it made sense to me, the song. 
but the person singing it, you know, really wasn't their place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. So Cher, I know her dad was definitely Armenian. Right. I mean, her last name was Sarkissian, her real name, for those of you who don't know, Sherilyn Sarkissian. And then like, huh? I I thought it was, it had a different pronunciation, but. Oh, I could be pronouncing it wrong. Something like that. Um, but, and I'm reading now that her mother is Irish, English, and German. So yeah, I think it was either way. It just shouldn't have happened and it shouldn't still be happening if she's still performing that. And I don't know. I, I, you know, and I don't want to, I definitely don't give her a pass on that. I, I still, I've been a fan of Cher my whole life. Like I, I love a diva, you know what I mean? Strong. But like, yeah. But God, if I went to her concert, you know, now, and I didn't like it then in the couple of times I've seen her, but it would just be so, it would be like the rough part of riding the fucking roller roller coaster. You know what I mean? Where you just have to brace yourself and close your eyes and and just get jostled around. Like, it feels fucking rough to see that as a native person. Well, that was the, that was the thing I most remember from that moment was when she performed that and it was just you and I, and literally, literally the whole rest of the arena was losing their minds and happy. And we were like, Oh my God, this is painful. Not only to see it, but to see everybody excited for it and not see a problem with it at all. But also (laughs) I just want to point out the fact that uh, one time when we were in middle school, Kara and I each got these wooden cigar box purses, which were popular at the time. They were just basically like cigar boxes, like one cigar boxes with handles on them. And uh, Kara decoupaged a picture of Cher on hers. Yeah, so it was just funny. I don't know. I, I share, there's something to share. I bet, I bet you anything. She's an earth sign and I don't even know. Look it up right now. What's her zodiac? This is just, and, and again, I'm, I'm going to sound like I really like place a lot of value on this whole astrology thing. And I really don't, but I, a lot of times when there's something where I look at someone and I think, Hey, I, I bet you she's a Capricorn. Cher is like a Taurus. Ah, Taurus. That's so, yeah, an earth sign, isn't it? It is. But yeah, I don't put a ton of stuff in that, but earth signs, I always feel like they're made out of a lot of the same stuff that I am made out of. And again, I don't even buy into all that, but here I am selling. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, share, there's just something about her that speaks to me. I get upset with her. Yeah. About all of that. The it's complicated. Mackie, it's very complicated, but I love her. Well, speaking of other people who we love, and who we've both seen in concert, Celine Deal. Yeah, I haven't kept up with her in a very long time. Well, she's taking a break. She's had a lot of um, like health issues and stuff. I I know like she was supposed to. I think she was supposed to do um, either a res or a tour. no. She was supposed to do a tour, I think, and she had to cancel it because she's having like ongoing health issues. So like, we oh, wish her well. Yeah, but like, God, the '90s belonged to Celine Dion. What a voice. I remember when we, we saw her in concert, I, it was the day after President Obama was inaugurated. So for the first time, or yeah, in 2008. So, um, right, 2008? Yeah, 
2009. Either. It'd be January no. 2009. 2009. Yeah, 2009. He was elected in 2008. That's how it works. Politics. Um, but yeah, so we saw her in concert. First of all, it was wild because people were acting crazy. I remember like we were trying to get into the arena, like the Coliseum to go see her. And do you remember that dude like try to, our mom was with us. And this dude like tried to cut my mom off on the road and then like cussed her out. And we're like, dude, you're the one, whatever. And then I remember we were waiting to buy merch, which like, it's funny that we were trying to buy Celine Dion. Not that like I wouldn't buy Celine Dion merch, but it's just, I don't know. It's just funny. But it was so crowded, which like, it's so hard to even imagine being in that setting now, like in a post COVID world or post exposure to COVID world. Uh, but this random dude came up and grabbed my butt and then ran away. I punched him in the shoulder. Yeah, it was wild. This was at Celine Dion. But anyway, yeah, I just remember like when she sang and obviously she's mic'd and everything, but her voice just like filled the room and you could like feel it. It was so good. And I also remember randomly there were a group of like three or four middle-aged men who appeared to be like straight, like very straight men sitting in front of us. And I remember thinking the whole time, like, what are these guys doing here? <laughs> Cause like, it did not look like any kind of typical Celine Dion fan. They were all wearing like plaid shirt, like, you know, like how like middle-aged, sorry, middle-aged white guys, they wear those like plaid button down shirts. And then like a, like a vest like a zip up vest over it. It was like that kind of dude. And there was like four of them. And that was just- over, I'm sorry. That was over 10 years ago. When I think of the word discomfort, that's, they are still the three people I think of these strangers. Well, well yeah. Well, they, they were, it was kind of like, yeah, what are they doing here? And they seemed to be like, okay, I'm enjoying it. She's got some good songs. She sings very well. This is nice. But at one point, the guy on the end just randomly went, whoa. And he lifted his arms in the air and then he looked over and saw that his friends were like staring at him and he just slowly let his arms go back down by his it, side. And it was so it was sad. The worst thing I've ever seen. Oh my Clearly, God. like one of them won radio tickets or something. Even was- so, you think they would go with like their wives or I don't know. Maybe they thought they were going to get some chicks at the Celine Dion concert or something. I don't know. It was, it was just strange. But I, I keep seeing it's like really like this the sound is like trending on like Instagram and TikTok and all that but it is a good song so I understand why but um it's all coming back to me now that is a good fucking song she had a lot of good songs hold on I kind of want to sing like Celine hang on let me see if I can do it okay hang on I don't have her voice I can kind of do her, her like her voice voice a little okay let me see there were days when the nights were so cold. <laughs> Shall we go for it? Renee Chops. I should be eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all coming back to me. Uh, I remember she really had like the first. So she made, she remade. The Las Vegas residency, and then Britney changed it. She yes. like put it over there. to me. That's just my opinion. 
Yes. In fact, I had Celine's like CD. I think it was recorded at though. I don't know. I had some like live and I used to never buy live CD recordings, but I had that one. I used to listen to it like every weekend and like just put my headphones in and just live my life to Celine. But yeah, you're right. Brittany changed the game when it came to Vegas. Yeah. So I want to circle back to gowns, beautiful gowns. <laughs> that is one of my favorite. I'm going to call it a small moment, but impactful. Impactful pop. That is one of moment. my favorite. Yes. So the backstory on that was one time. I mean, we, we lost Aretha Franklin a few years ago, but it was not too terribly long before her death, but she was being interviewed by some gentleman who I don't know. And the man was asking her, you know, okay, so let's pivot. Let's talk about some, uh, some divas from today. (laughs) And uh, let me name some for you. And you tell me what you think about them. Okay. And so he's like throwing some names out there. I forget who and what, but he gets to Taylor Swift, who we could talk about that, but she <laughs> she had given like kind of at least like semi-thoughtful answers for everybody up until that point. Yeah, it was but like great goes, songwriter, beautiful voice, blah, blah, but she gets to Taylor. Yeah. And, sorry, continue. He gets to, he gets to Taylor Swift and she goes, gowns, beautiful gowns. Like, <laughs> it's such a read and I love it. It's it's just like that's hilarious. Gowns. Beautiful gowns. And the fact that's a reason. And it's, <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. Yeah. Speaking of Taylor, you and I have never really been big. She's got a couple songs. Like, okay. I see you on that one. I don't know. What, what do you think? And I, I don't want to get us killed because like the Taylor fans are rabid. Yeah. Well, you know what it is, is that in real life, I'll tell you exactly what it is. It would be this. If Taylor Swift and I went to school together and we were in the same grade, which is probably what would happen because guess what? We're the same age. If we knew each other back in like middle school, I would look at her and be like, hmm, I don't know about you. I feel like you, you might say you, you're mean. And she'd look at me and she would think, well, I think you're mean. And we would never connect and we would never be friends. <laughs> She's always giving me mean girl vibes because her thing is like, I'm, hey, look at me. I'm the nice one. It's like, uh, something. And you know what? I don't know. That, that's fine. That's fine. And decent songwriter. And I like, hey, I, I liked when she went on Saturday Night Live and did that long song. I, I'm so ignorant. So I'm sorry to the Taylor Swift fans, but like, she's just not my style or my vibe. And now that we're grown, I, I say, go ahead, girl, do what you do. You know what I mean? Like, good for you. But am I a Taylor Swift fan? I don't live for her. I I just don't. Yeah. I've just never really cared for most of her music. I think she's very talented. I think anyone that can, you know, write, the way she does and at the volume she does and with as much success as she has obviously is doing something right and speaking to a lot of people I'm just not one, not one of those and again I, I I feel like 
there's a laser on my head right now because people who love her are crazy but yeah I don't know and she's been through a lot I will give her that but I don't know it's just I feel like she leaves a certain I feel like she just I don't know I don't know but someone who you know this is making me think of is Beyonce because like you know the whole I'm sorry Beyonce I don't even remember what video came out I'm, I'm talking about the whole VMA of it all and the Kanye West and Beyonce had the best video of all time I don't even remember what Taylor's video was that year but yeah Beyonce should have won I feel like I that's that's one of my issues with Taylor Swift and I do have some issues is I feel like she gets a lot of credit for things that people of color in the music industry have actually done and done better and done first or done prior to her like she gets a lot of credit like a lot of her like fights against the music industry Prince did a lot of stuff first I'm sorry I said it but going back on what I was saying yeah Beyonce whatever that award was should have won that over Taylor Swift sorry whatever Kanye wasn't wrong he's wrong about a lot of things (laughs) Kanye is uh going through a lot right now we'll just say that but yeah thoughts on Beyonce our introduction to Beyonce was like truly Destiny's Child yeah with Beyonce she's another one where I like with her I like several of her songs um I really like Partition but the thing is like with Beyonce I think she's extremely talented she's extremely beautiful she's a fascinating figure and to me, she, she speaks to me in a different way than a Taylor Swift. Um, I'm not like a diehard Beyonce fan, but I have a lot of respect for her. And like the way, like one of my favorite things about Beyonce is how, you know, like when we first got introduced to her as like a solo pop star, she was making, you know, truly pop music. And music that was, you know, speaking to a wide array of people as pop music tends to do. But as she matured as an artist, she started, you know, incorporating, you know, blackness. I mean, blackness was always part of her art, obviously, but like in a way that was much more visible and um, seemed more connected, not only for her, but also her fans. I remember like, so many angry people who weren't black who were fans of hers like this isn't for us I'm like no it's not like like we don't get it like you're being racist against us like no she's not and I will always respect for her for that and for never changing and for never like bowing down to the fandom or societal pressure so I don't know Beyonce always has like a hell of a lot of respect for me even though like I don't tend to like seek her music out generally, but I don't really listen to a lot of like new artists anyway. I stopped really listening to a lot of new music when Prince died. So and I think it's just also part of getting older. I don't really keep up with the pop charts of today. Yeah. I'm really out of the loop today. Um, you know, like I, so when Ariana Grande came out with thank you next, like that, that was on like repeat for me for a minute you know so there's a few things that I can kind of like pinpoint or grab onto but for the most part I don't know yeah I don't know like Ariana she definitely has like a really amazing voice she's another one I like many of her songs I'm probably gonna pay 
to go hear her or anything, but she's very talented. Um, Dua Lipa, who's, you know, fairly newer. I think she's really good. I don't know. I don't really know who else is. But somebody who's like timeless and like just reaches. I think she's the Celine Dion of today, if I may say so. But Adele. Like, I don't think I've ever met anyone who's just like, oh, I don't like Adele. Like, you might not like go all out for Adele, but like nobody dislikes Adele, I think. Yeah. I love talking about all these people. It does make me sad that like there's not, I don't know, obviously like there's like people missing from this kind of informal list that we've compiled today. Like obviously there's not like a lot of like mainstream in the United States at least, like female Asian pop stars. And you're getting that a little bit more with like K-pop. I'm not really in the world of K-pop, so I don't know that. Um, but too, like there's not a lot of mainstream native singers or or pop stars either i mean you have like buffy saint marie who was cree who is cree and who kind of had her heyday like i think like in the 70s i I think i have that timeline correct and has some good songs or whatever and then you have um you know there's there's a young woman named brooke simpson who is halawa saponi um who was on the voice a few years ago um, who obviously is really talented, but it does sometimes like when I am talking about like all these people from pop culture, like it does make me sad that like when it comes to like mainstream stuff, and we are specifically talking about like pop divas, not like music super broadly, there's not household names that represent the indigenous community in a modern sense. Yeah, it's not definitely not gonna be me because I just did a terrible share impression and now everybody's gonna think I can't sing. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we should like wrap it up. And obviously we didn't talk about like every pop star. Like we didn't even talk about Lady Gaga. Care if you had to pick a top pop diva of all time, who would you choose? Well, I mean, just based on talent for me, it would have to be Whitney Houston. Mm. And I, I personally have so many different memories associated with her music. And also her music is the music I put on in my house when I'm by myself. And I just want to like scream, sing. (laughs) And like the kind of singing that would be so embarrassing if anybody ever heard me. So Whitney Houston is my answer. What about you? Paris Hilton. Uh, Not really, but Stars Stars Are Blind was an amazing song. (laughs) Yeah. And her cover of um, Do You Think I'm Sexy? Yeah. The same, yeah. The Rod Stewart song. That was yeah. good. Yeah. So wait, before we like totally wrap up. So kind of going back to the beginning of the conversation, we started off by talking about sex in the city. Then we've carried on to talk about pop divas. Sure. Have you, do you ever find that people, I love sex in the city. I love pop divas. Do you ever find people putting you down for that? And it feels like very misogynistic. Yeah. Yeah. I think most criticisms of, there used to be all those like jokes, especially when like Sex and the City was still in the air, like people would make jokes about it and reduce it to like Cosmopolitans, which I don't even remember them drinking that much on their shoes, all that stuff. It was all like based in misogyny. And I feel like certain like feminine era or um, areas of pop culture are, put down because of misogyny and so yeah definitely I, I I feel like I have to be talking to very femme people 
about these particular subjects, you know? Yeah. I just remember, actually, it was the same guy, and I'm not going to, like, call him out by name, but the same guy who we talked about last episode that he and I were playing Mary Fuck Hill. Like, the first time I met him, he had mentioned something about, he was like, oh, I know you're a big Britney Spears fan, and then he started, like, making fun of me for that. And it just felt, I just felt a lot of like misogyny in there. And yes, the thing when people like make fun of me for making jokes about sex in the city, and it's just like, what are you doing? Like, I, 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 I'm not even articulating anything right now. It's just a frustration of mine. I'll, I'll say. No, I hear but, you. I, I agree. Yeah. Well, I think, and that's why kind of like flip it on its head. Like, that's why we love all these women from that show, from these different, areas of music because there's strong women with vulnerability yeah they're strong but they also have vulnerabilities and they're creative and they're artistic and they can be as sexy as they want they can be as uh, modest as they want if they want that like they define who they are and their image and their content like that's why we love them and that, that's threatening to some people so it's always going to be that way. Yeah. Yeah. I, right. I guess, I don't know. I don't know why I even bring that up, but it's, it just, I think it's I guess important earlier point. when you were, well, yeah. Well, earlier when you were saying, if this isn't your thing, skip ahead. It's like, yeah, I get that. And it's not for everybody, but I feel like a lot of people that judge parts of pop culture or even like sports and stuff. And I do this, like I judge things that I'm not into before seeing it. And sometimes it's just, it's not, it's not fair anyway. Oh yeah. I, I try not to like, even like if I know I'm not going to like something, cause it's just not my thing. I try not to judge people for liking it. Not to say I've never done that or I've been perfect in that my whole life. But like, I do generally like just try to compare it like, oh, well, they're really into football the same way I'm really into pop culture or whatever, or they're really into Star Wars the way I'm into Sex in the City, whatever, you know, like I try not to like, you know, judge people for what they like. I might not be into it. I might not like it personally, but I try not to judge people for it. And I don't know. I try anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Any last thoughts on pop divas? I like them. Power to the pop divas. And hopefully we'll have some indigenous. If you're an indigenous singer, like I hope to see you on in the mainstream if that's what you want. But yeah, I guess, I guess. To sum it all up, like who you like, don't know who you don't know, a la Mariah Carey, and gowns, gowns, beautiful gowns. Beautiful gowns, beautiful gowns, and I hope you wear those beautiful gowns until we meet again. Until we meet again. 